0: This is the Brothers Trilogy. I'm your host, Thobro, and I'm joined uh, by Paya. How's it going? Hello, listeners. Hello, brothers. Good to be here. Hello, hello. And Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan?
1: I'm not right this time. Wow.
0: Uh, so the film came out uh, 2016 uh, based on the Dan Brown novel of 2013, directed again by Ron Howard and starring Tom Hanks. But new to the cast is Felicity Jones also starring uh, the late Irfan Khan and and some uh, other international cast uh, members like Omar Sy. I've seen him in in The Intouchables, um, which is pretty good. And look, it says here he's also played Bishop in X-Men Days of Future Past. And the voice oh, of yeah. Hot Rod in in Transformers The Last oh, Night. <laughs>
1: that's
2: that's the, uh, the French Hot Rod in the Michael Bay film before anyone gets excited. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah I was wondering, like... So Hot Rod is French in the movie, yeah. <laughs> in that movie, because I'm not seeing. Okay, yeah, because unless he puts on like an American accent, but I see he, he talks very, with a strong French accent. So I think he, okay.
2: Yeah, I know Michael Bay just liked the name Hot Rod and used it. it had nothing to do with the character, you know
0: I'm afraid, to, to ever. All right. So is the is this Hot Rod from like, a French part of Cybertron, <laughs> or has he <laughs> has he come to Earth? and picked a french accent because he's oh okay that accent i like
1: hey man maybe he likes france maybe he likes baguettes and croissants and the whole shit oh yeah
0: oh francophile yes
1: he's a he's a man of culture
2: have you guys been watching uh mandalorian
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. oh yeah i love that um bill burr's been in it and he's just like doing it with his normal like boston accent
1: (laughs) so good. It was so good. I, I literally wait for Fridays to come around for Mandalorian.
2: Uh, I love that they just don't bother giving him like a Star Warsy name or a Star Warsy accent. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you just be you. Okay. And his name is just Mayfield, the most like Earth name they could come up with, the most Bill name. <laughs> You're gonna find out that he's like from the planet Boston at some point. <laughs>
0: Oh man. Um so I'm, you know, I haven't um seen this film before. This was my first time watching uh, Inferno, but you guys are are readers. Mm. And have read the book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: I think I, th- I think this is a
0: Did you guys uh I mean, did you read the book before watching it? Was it something you were looking forward to or
2: Um yeah, I did read the book first. I i mean i think i've said this before they're not good books but they're they're easy quick cook kind of reads they're sort of you know popcorn reading so you kind of buzz through quite quickly and they're fun in that way um and i hadn't even realized the film had come out at all um so somehow the film escaped my attention entirely um Mm. which you know having watched it finally is understandable it also
0: escaped my attention as i was watching it and Ryan, you, you read the book as well before before watching it? Or? I,
1: I did indeed, I did. Um, I think as usual, this, this sort of fell into the trap of having the books be much better than the actual film. Um, you know, same as, as Harry Potter, um, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones was quite good until the end. Um, but yeah, for sure, they, they changed a lot of things and they changed something mm. massive, which I was so disappointed in. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed the visuals in the in the movie. I have to say, loved it. The visuals, uh, not the actual whole film.
2: It's it's <laughs> interesting. I think I think the books are written in a very sort of cheesy movie like <clears throat> way, very sort of eighties movie style, and stuff that doesn't work so much in the book. You you accept and works in a film. You know how like um I don't know. Um, uh, silences make a gun absolutely silent in any movie. Or you can knock someone in the head and they pass out for the exact right amount of time in a movie. And you kind of accept these things, right? Yeah. So in this movie, you know, he's given some clothes and they're exactly his perfect tailor-cut size, right? (laughs) Which in a movie is really acceptable. Whereas in a book, immediately you're like, oh, what the fuck? What's going on? Because you've got time to digest things as you read them. Yeah. So weirdly, I think it, you know, with this one worked better as a film.
0: Um, so the, I mean, the brief story of this film is basically there's a deadly deadly virus that'll wipe out half the world's population, uh, unless Robert Langdon follows these clues um, around various European cities to find where the virus is being stored, uh, and he must get to it in time. Uh, before it is released, uh, but the, he's not the usual Robert Langdon because he seems to have had some kind of head trauma, um, so he's a bit handicapped uh, and doesn't have all his wits about him as he tries to solve these clues. Um, I really enjoyed. I mean, that. that's
1: the fact that usually we see him so sharp and on the ball, or like this is a symbol of this, this is a symbol of that. And he solves things really quickly and easily. Plus, he's got, what was it, eidetic memory? Um, Yeah. But here we actually see him sort of go through, I don't know, like an Iron Man 3 phase where he's, (laughs) you know, ripped apart from his memory, which is his strongest thing. And he has to survive while slowly regaining his memory over time uh, with the help of of Sienna, the character.
0: Hmm. And, um... Yeah, I mean, it it was kind of a bit funny because, so Sienna, played by Felicity Jones, she, at the start, she says, explains to Langdon that uh, you've lost your memory. You know, you've had this, uh, you know, traumatic thing happen to you. Retrograde amnesia. Yeah. And then immediately afterwards, she she starts shouting at him, uh, you know, who are you? Why are they after (laughs) you? (laughs)
1: that was a good point i didn't even think of it that way i was like dude Uh, it's like the difference between book dumbledore uh, and movie dumbledore
0: so that's um so (laughs) sorry go
1: ahead i was was making i was saying it's like you know in book dumbledore where in um goblet of fire where he's like harry did you put your name in the fire and Harry says no. Whereas in the movie, he's like, "Harry, did you put your name in the fire?" <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So let's—I mean—let's talk about the uh, the bad guy here, who is some uh, billionaire. I don't know guy. Who's got this theory that the world will get too overpopulated unless he does something <clears throat> about it? Uh, it was twenty sixteen Thanos. Yeah, like I was just keep thinking, like, this guy and Thanos would get along, man. They would, they're on the same page. Like... Oh, man. Um, it's interesting, the... isn't it?
2: Because, obviously, at a very, very surface level, if you don't think about it for more than half a second, it's like, oh, yeah, it's getting overpopulated and resources are limited, and you get a chance, you know, to jump on their side. So... Thanos had that whole like the whole Reddit thing of like Thanos was right and all that kind of nonsense, Mm. you know, and it takes about, you know, like three brain cells to realize, no, that's not, that's not the issue. You know, it's things like supply chains, inequality, blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's weird that someone who is supposedly this super genius billionaire hasn't had that one extra thought to figure out, oh, hang on, there are other issues, not just overpopulation. Oh.
1: I mean, one thing I thought of was he could be coming at it from a, from a time frame angle. Like, I think you're right in saying what you said. Um, it's, it's basically about resource misallocation. Mm. The fact that the correct resources are not going to the right people uh, in the right places. For instance, we don't need to rely on fossil fuels. We can actually sustainably live off um, renewable energy you need a massive section of the Sahara Desert not even that big to be honest in comparison to for example the continent of Europe but if you take a massive land and you put a whole bunch of solar panels on it you will be able to sustainably power most of Europe and that's somewhere like the Sahara Desert where there's sun pretty much most of the time you think of GM crops which is being um, you know, more and more widely used. Why are you laughing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just didn't realize we were coming to your TED Talk, but okay, we are. <laughs> Thank you for coming to
1: my TED Talk. <laughs> um because, no, you know, us three, we, we, we come from Bangladesh, so we've seen overcrowdedness. We've seen what happens when there's so many people and when there's not enough resources to go around. People, um, you know, starve. They don't have enough money. There's corruption, all of that stuff, and a lot more. So I think we can all, at least appreciate, to some extent, where Bertrand Zobrist was was coming from. But having said that, yeah, he's totally wrong.
0: The figures actually show that the <laughs> the chart is gonna level off at some point. Maybe mm-hmm. we get a couple billion more people on this planet, and then we kind of level off as 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 developing countries become more and more developed. No, that's because everyone's gone to Mars. Yeah, that too, and you know you just. People stop ha- having as many babies in, in, in India and, and China and, and those places. So, Paya, did you want to come in on that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, just that Just that. I think it's a shame, you know, such simple motivations <clears throat> are, are given to these villains, that's all. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. So, I mean, okay, Sticking with the Marvel, with the, with the Thanos analogy, you know, Black Panther had a villain which you could... Certainly relate to and understand his perspective and all of these. Uh, whereas Thanos was just given an overly simple thing. It's it was fine because it's an alien. But then when you kind of bring it back to Earth, or well, actually, I guess originally it was you know a human character. You can accept some <coughs> nut job is convinced the world is op- overpopulated and I'm just going to decimate it. Um, it's a little bit harder to buy that this super genius. Well, actually, hang on. Then again, if it. <laughs> If Elon Musk tomorrow starts tweeting about the world is overpopulated, I'm going to kill half of them. Not that many people would be surprised. <laughs> I take it all back. I think it's fine. Carry on.
1: But <laughs> the, the movie skipped out a lot of detail. Um, for instance, the fact that the guy literally took two years off to work on this secret project to create this um, virus. Which, which, by the way, differs from book to movie. It's, it's yeah th-
2: that's different. not the thing I mean I just mean the motivation behind it yeah. the fact that you know I've decided I need to kill half the planet or you know push portion of the planet. Um, I think what the book did do well um, Ryan was the whole like, analogy with Venice So mm, the guy yes, yes. I think was in Venice the whole time uh, Tobro <clears throat> he kept talking about how you know Venice is sinking uh, there's just too many people walking on Venice and it was it felt very uh, very tangible. That overpopulation. So Ryan, like you, drawing that comparison to sort of Bangladesh and us, very literally seeing, you know, pavements that are just, when I say, pavements, roads, streets that are just literally full of people with no room to move or walk. Um, this guy was in that situation, feeling it, so you could feel it with him a little bit, whereas in the movie, it felt a bit silly.
1: Mm. 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 Plus, okay. it's even more tangible now. You know, now that we've seen videos and pictures of Venice underwater, and I think. Uh, the highest level since ages was like six feet of water that they were under, which is crazy.
2: I feel like so, yeah. Ryan's turning into a sobrist.
1: <laughs> no, I just want everyone to visit Venice before before they die. <laughs> <laughs> if people visit that it, that's why it's worse, sinking, though. Ryan. <laughs> God's sake! You want people to not visit Venice? Do not visit Venice. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we don't
2: have that many listeners on this damn podcast. Otherwise, yes. Venice would be yes. our fault.
1: Yes. <laughs> well,
0: actually I don't even know enough, the number if there's enough interest we'll do a Venice tour after we do oh my London god tour.
1: with what funds <laughs> that's what I
0: assumed we were doing in the 15 weeks
2: between episodes last time
0: <laughs> get in touch people Venice tour, London tour happening, it's happening
1: we're going to open a GoFundMe page guys okay. Bio will
2: open an OnlyFans page and uh... <laughs> Brothers Trilogy After Dark. <laughs> uh, so they they did skip a book, didn't they? Again, so this time um, they skipped the Lost symbol? symbol. Yeah, yeah, which actually I was looking forward to as a movie. I think because the whole thing is just set in one location. It's a bit like Night at the Museum. Tobro, so it's all set. I forgot now which which Washington D.C. Yeah, set in Washington it was D.C. It's set uh, in literally one yeah. building, and I, I'm i a big fan of anything in a singular confined space. You know, like submarines and spaceships and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, it it, it, they're actually
1: thinking of making that into a TV series. Uh, the lost symbol. symbol. Yeah, I think um, CBS Network was uh, supposed to pick it up, but that was in 2019. No actors have been announced as yet, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Obviously, because of COVID, everything's ground to a halt. But I think it'll be interesting it, to see the yeah. development as a TV series, other than a than a film. Because I think the they f- are the also
2: turning um, Night at the Museum into a TV series, which oh, I feel no like will way. be basically the same as this. <laughs>
1: The Night of the Lost Symbol. <laughs> but I feel like the movies and the books are similar in that. The movies are quite fast-paced, so are the books. Um, I'm not sure if you guys ever noticed this. The books are generally set over a 24-hour period. Like, we could literally make a continuation from Jack Bauer to Robert Langdon and <laughs> no one would know the difference.
0: Um. So after after this bad guy, the Zobrist, is the WHO, WHO, who are like, <clears throat> I don't know, they're like, kind of like, walking around with automatic weapons, yeah, like, great, busting down doors, <laughs> I was like, WHO are badasses, man, like, jeez, these guys. Like... Can you imagine them putting in, like, mask enforcement in countries? <laughs> <laughs>
2: mask <laughs> back on, mask back on! <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
0: I think of them as like a bunch of scientists, but I was totally
1: misled, man. These guys are like hardcore FBI no. type. <laughs> like, you know what dude. they are? You know what they yeah. are? And this would be so <laughs> to the point. They are Rapid Action Battalion. <laughs> For those of you who oh, don't know that reference, Rapid oh, Action Battalion, also known as RAB, is our, um, it's less sort of like SO-19 Armed Forces Response version in Bangladesh.
2: Well, these uh, just yeah. mad fascist bastards that went around kicking down doors all over the place.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm taking out textbooks because they had the wrong information on them. Oh fucking hell. <laughs>
2: this this episode's gotten really weird. Man.
1: I know, right?
2: There's a weird, like, political agenda yeah. to the whole
0: thing. I'm gonna cut it all out, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah please shout, do. <laughs> or I could leave it in the political episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know. Happy yeah. victory in Bangladesh Day, guys! <laughs> before, before it's midnight. <laughs> you know, one thing I loved about this film was, you know, um, I mentioned earlier. <clears throat> excuse me. They've got this really nice cinematic angle, so there was a lot of um, sweeping shots of Florence, um, all the way in the beginning of the film, which I absolutely loved. Uh, Florence is like one of my favorite cities in the world. I went there last year; was incredible. But to see those in, like, you know, really good detail and really well shot from the air was awesome. I felt like Venice didn't really get the, the love it deserved in terms of the same level of shooting and cinematography. And um, the last location was also really nice. Somewhere like Venice, it's, it's quite overwhelming. As soon as you step out the train station, you are immediately hit by the canal, big ancient buildings... Boats, gondolas, tourists—it so really hits you. Whereas Florence is like more mellow, relaxed vibes.
2: Actually, we we felt with Florence weirdly, right? That you know, that every turn, every corner you turn, there's some beautiful art, some statues, some architecture that you just need to look at. Um, and it did feel uh, almost overwhelming, uh, and and seems like a, an amazing place to to set this film. So actually, um, this and um, Angels and Demons were set in some real, you know, gorgeous locations. Makes yeah. you want to go in. Yeah. Whereas Da Vinci yeah. Code, you know, you had the, the temple trail to do. That was kind of one part of mm-hmm. the whole story. Both this and, um, mm. and Angels and Demons. <coughs> a lot of that's the city.
1: They have a thing, these two movies with um, Hidden Tunnels, Angels and Demons and um, Inferno. Angels and Demons was, um, it's called Il Passetto. It's the tunnel that connects the Vatican to Castel Sant'Angelo. Whereas here's the Vasari Corridor, which, if I'm not mistaken, connects the Palazzo Vecchio to something I can't remember exactly. But yeah, they both had featuring tunnels, quite prominent tunnels.
0: So Langdon, I mean Langdon, he at one point he starts to wonder if he's the carrier of this disease, right? And uh, Felicity Jones says. Uh, hey, it's okay, you know, if you are the carrier, you've already been spreading it, it's fine, let's just keep going. Mm. And, like, they're, like, cool with that logic, and I'm just, like, I mean, we're in the, like, obviously, coronavirus world, and, you know, like, at least wear a mask, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. it's just, like, if you suspect it, man, get yourself tested, you know, do mm. some isolation. I'm just like, oh no, it's all right. Just keep going, and that's the wrong. List, I'll just get on this
2: train and fine, and infect yeah. all of these people. Their death will be in my hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But she had her own no agenda, mask. didn't she? No hand sanitizer.
1: <laughs> no gloves. Nothing. No hands, face, space. <laughs> but yeah, she had her own agenda. So I think that that probably was her just trying to manipulate him. <laughs> she not yes. think about anything. <laughs>
2: But he accepted that very easily, didn't he? <laughs> I think that's the point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I <laughs> guess we, we 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 can blame that on his on his memory not functioning or you know, his memory affecting the rest of his ability to think. <laughs> but it's also, yeah. you know, plot.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is that if if Robert Langdon was is here in the coronavirus times, would he wear a mask or would he be one of those dudes that doesn't wear a mask, even though he thinks he might have it?
2: I reckon he'd wear it, but he wouldn't pull it up over his nose. (laughs) 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 Wow. What (laughs) a those guys. Tom Hanks, if you're listening.
1: (laughs) We love you. He's not saying you have a big nose, not at all. I feel like he's the kind of guy who would try to do online lectures, like live online lectures, but he would fail. Yeah. I mean, what
2: to... I think his bigger issue would be is everyone he makes friends with betrays him at some point. <laughs> yeah. that's kind of... Yeah, that's the
0: theme of these, right? The other thing that struck me was the... Well, I mean, I call it, like, a torch projector, but they said it's a Faraday pointer, um, which has this map of Dante's Inferno. Mm.
2: Um,
0: I mean, that's cool. But, you know, I mean, <clears> I've got, <read, throat> like... Uh, a one with you can like project a dinosaur onto the wall and i gotta turn off all the lights just <laughs> yeah, to get yeah, a little yeah. bit of an image in broad like daylight yeah. they've got this high resolution massive i mean you need a proper big projector to get <laughs> that kind of light coming through that was pretty unbelievable man. especially if you have like a torch projector you know like it doesn't work like that like they should have been like squinting in the dark or yeah i don't know
1: magnifying about. glass and all that stuff
2: it We're did feel right, like yeah, a very, but... very by the numbers film where they didn't necessarily bother to think a lot of things through. So, you know, Sienna was unfortunately quite one dimensional. I think the baddie was Zobris was quite one dimensional. And things just, mm. they just went from like level to level to level, you know. Um, so it's just, all right, next bit, okay, next bit. And it almost a thing of like, if we keep this moving fast enough. You won't notice how ridiculous it is. Oh, we've changed locations. Oh, here's another beautiful shot. Oh, something else has gone on. Yeah.
1: They don't know there are people Mm. who review these things.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, in fairness, none uh, of us bothered to watch it a second time for the review. I did. I watched it
1: yesterday. Thank you very much.
2: Was that your first time? No, second. Oh, fair enough.
1: And last.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to mention... um, I mean Irfan Khan right I mean mm. he's he's awesome anyways yes um but I mean he was he was like so badass in this so the way he kept stabbing people man he's just like <laughs> coming up then <behind laughs> he was like terribly sorry and then, and then he's got this entire different story happening like he's like doing this inception level business work where he convinces people puts you know puts them under the situation I was like I want to watch Irfan Khan's film. Like, what is going on there, man? This, this is some <laughs> really interesting stuff happening. He's like in a Christopher Nolan film all, all by himself, doing something <laughs> yeah. completely else. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah this was a big day a for everyone else.
2: For Irfan Khan, this was just a Tuesday. <laughs>
1: yeah. Where did you get that epic knife collection from, man? That was amazing. no
2: idea, but. <laughs>
0: How cool is his job? man? he sets up scenarios. He made everything up. Convinced. Oh man, it's proper like. Proper like Inception. What he's
1: up to. So. They live on a container ship. And he's a badass. Did your fun Khan's
0: character survive? I think he survives. I think he might. Did he survive or did he die? Ron, right, you watched it yesterday, thing? son. There was a bit. There was some struggle in the water in the end, wasn't there? This film happened.
1: was a very forgettable film. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> you watch it and it's entertaining, but. You will forget it soon after.
0: Mm. Yeah, and and you know what happened when I watched the other films? I went down a sort of Wikipedia rabbit hole for a little bit. Like okay, look up Illuminati, mm. look up Da Vinci, and all that stuff. But I had no desire mm. to like you know have a look at Dante, have a look at the for not and you know like it's not that that stuff isn't exciting. It's just that this film doesn't even elicit that sort of response from me. Like oh, I want more. I want more. I'm kind of like. I'm done with that, you know. Okay. That's a good
2: point, actually. The historical fiction stuff wasn't, was not the focus? It was more just here's a cool Action. adventure, yeah. You know, and it's getting quite silly because Langdon's aging. So yet again, here's Langdon, this old man. Here's this sexy woman who turns up and takes him on these adventures. Oh look, someone's betrayed him. You know, he happens to yeah. have all the answers. It's some it's it is a bit, I don't know, wish fulfillmenty. You
1: know, if you go through. Can we quickly mention about how the ending was different from the movie to the book? Yeah.
0: Yes, please do.
1: So, in the books, okay, let's start with the movie because that's the one we're talking about. In the in the movie, we saw Robert Langdon et al. um, save the 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 virus just in time, or stop it from spreading just in time uh, for it to be sort of safe. Uh, and contained, that's the word I'm looking for. Whereas in the... um Sorry, one thing I should add as well is that this virus was supposed to wipe out half of the population or was supposed to at least release a massive, massive virus and supposed to kill millions, potentially billions of people. Whereas in the books, right, that virus wasn't actually intended to kill anyone. It was just intended to make a lot of people sterile. So that it stops the spreading or it stops um, procreation. So that was his solution—not to kill mankind, but to pause or stop.
0: They wanted to raise the stakes and make it sort of. I mean,
1: uh, I think they wanted to cater it to Bollywood audience, Bollywood Hollywood audiences. <laughs> 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 there was no dance number in there.
0: Yeah, I know, that's what, that's what they do. <laughs> Your fun can't start. Just, just bust one out, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, Felicity imagine. Jones uh,
2: wasn't as much of a baddie in the books, was she?
1: No, in in the books. So she was, didn't
2: trust the uh, World Health Organization, right? Yeah. So her whole thing was. I don't want them to get the virus either because they're going to weaponize it. I just want to get to it and destroy it.
1: Um, yeah,
2: yeah. And so you could, you know, you saw especially with the WHO being this huge, like gun-toting militaristic organization, um, <laughs> it sort of made sense.
1: I feel like they had two arms though. One was led by um, who? Who's that? That that actor? Um, Hot Rod. One was led Ruchard. by. Shot. <laughs> yeah. Hot Rod. Ruchard. Um. Yeah. And I feel like he wanted it for his own gains, but he was also part of World Health Organization, wasn't he? Or at least that's what it seemed like in the, in the movie.
0: I think he was part of the WHO, but he also wanted to just sell it on the black market, which is his real yeah. plan.
1: Yeah. Whereas, whereas um, B-Tech Christine Lagarde uh, wanted to actually save it.
0: Right. I think that brings us to the end of this discussion. Um, so the film ends... <laughs> in a sort of weird struggle in you know, some kind of uh swimming pool while there's a concert going up on above <laughs> the swimming pool and uh there's a tom hanks has a as a last minute struggle with, with the a henchman who I mean, where did the henchman pop up from by the way who i don't know who he was and why we needed a, one more struggle with him at the end uh but anyways <laughs> at the end of the day they contain the virus and everything is okay again so let's uh sort of rate this along. i mean i'm gonna give this film one star and the reason it gets one star is because irfan khan on his own earned a whole star <laughs> even though he yeah. wasn't in it that much yeah. <laughs> and otherwise it would have got a zero
2: <laughs> so i want the the yeah, you're right the irfan khan prequel his rise to power, directed <laughs> by Chris Nolan, starring Dev Patel.
1: <laughs> oh, what a cost. Uh, I think I would rate it about, I'd say, five point five, six out of ten. Only because of the. But why are you using a different
2: rating system to Tote?
1: I thought he was using it one star out of out of ten. It's always out of uh, five so, stars. Uh, the stars is always just... five. God damn it! Right, what's your half, movie? Just, just just half it. Um, uh, five point two five slash five point five. No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> two point two. I give it a two out of five. Oh Jesus! Let's leave it there, please. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm about to conk out.
2: <laughs> out of seven, I give this. <laughs> 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 look yeah this is not you know the the thing with these films and with these books I guess is they're, they're meant to be sort of light easy watchable you know kind of affair this it doesn't quite even get there for me so it's not something I would sort of quickly w- enjoy zooming through um, I think one mm-hmm. star is fair Irrfan Khan was there, there are bits of uh, Florence that looked really nice um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I literally could not bring myself to rewatch it for this podcast. Yeah. So that that speaks volumes.
1: Re- read yeah. the book; that will be enough.
2: So, of of the trilogy, how would you rate the trilogy, or what order did they go for you? In,
0: in terms of
1: movie, mm. how good the movies are?
2: Oh. So, I, I'd go um, Angels, then Da Vinci, then Inferno.
1: I think I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah. I think uh, Angels and Demons, obviously the best. Then Da Vinci, quite a bit far behind Angels and Demons. And then Inferno, quite a f- bit far behind uh, <laughs> both of them. Um, yeah, I just think Angels and Demons is actually a really good, exciting film. I think. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's a bit longer than it needs to be. Uh, mm. But I think it works for me. And I could watch that again. Um the other two i don't think i'd watch again i don't think i'd watch da vinci again but it's not as bad as this i'd never watch this again
1: yeah i mean i'd agree with you guys that's the one film that i would not mind watching again from this trilogy it's the first book and it's the first movie that really got me hooked on um this whole Mm. you know secret societies and all that stuff
0: Hello, listener. Tobro here. Before we end, I'd like to give a special shout out to Buy Alkindi. By Alkindi are purveyors of fine self care products. They offer a range of cold pressed organic beard oils, which are bottled here in the UK. As a Buy Alkindi customer myself, I can tell you that it'll leave your beard feeling soft, moisturized, and lightly fragranced. So find them on Instagram at Buy Alkindi. That's B Y A L K I N D I. All one word, by al